Hello and welcome to the Awesome Cast. We are finally back again for the seventh billion time for a who knew Final Fantasy fourteen fan fest special. Yay! But we also have a whole room of folks from our free company and guests. Please speak now if you're going to be talking on the podcast. Oh, Barry. Hi. I'm Anna. I don't want to be on the podcast, but I am. Some people call her Space Anna. <laughs> Shut up. I'm hungry. All right, so Kira, go. <laughs> Kira, talk some. Kira, talk some. Awesome. Cass, talk some. Ayo. <laughs> Barry, say Barry. Barry. Awesome. Letho, say Letho. Letho. All right, there we go. So tonight is Thursday night, believe it or not. And we thought it'd be fun before we get into what actually is happening to speculate on what things it might be unveiled tomorrow. Like, for example, are we getting an expansion? Probably very likely announced. But where do we think the expansion is going to be? Oh, I think we're going to take back Alamigo. Yep. See. See. So we're not going to go to the moon! Garland Space Station! Whoa, whoa, whoa. This game has a <laughs> lot of non-sequesters when you're on that main storyline. Yeah, you may end up finding that they'll do two things. You may have two different storylines and they kind of intertwine eventually. So we so, may have a moon and Alamigo. Yeah, the Alamigo. Maybe we moon Alamigo. We're going to go underwater. I mean, that's possible. They yeah. before have talked about other elements. Oh, you know what's possible? It could be a whole throwback to uh, to uh, Final Fantasy IV, which eventually would take us up to the moon. But for this patch, what would be very fitting is a dark world, like an underground world. That that could that could also be it. I mean, I think memory serves. They talked about a wind themed, a sea theme, and an earth theme. So an you know an underworld that could definitely be a possibility. Yeah, that would fit with an earth an earth theme. And we they might go because Alamigo is on the eastern mm-hmm. you know coast of Eorzea, mm-hmm. which means that there is all this you know ocean that they could technically make use of. Also, apparently, there's also speculation that one of the primals will be eaten from Final Fantasy VIII. Ooh, Ooh. Nice. Eden, Eden. Yeah. What about Pain? Oh, Pain is from, uh... Pain is from Pain 2. 10. 10. 2. 10. And 10? she was a character, ten. not a summon. No, 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 the... No, I... Okay, uh, yeah, I know which one you're talking the, about. The, the, the one that's, like, actually the mother of the... The sort of bad guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that... Pain, yeah. She's pretty cool. That so... guy is in, uh... Don't forget, three mega sisters. They're always... I'm waiting for them to pop out someday. There's all sorts of various elemental creatures and primals they could pull from. So, chances are, if there is an expansion, wherever we go, 
they'll probably jump the level cap to 70, which would then introduce a few new abilities for everyone's rotations. But they've also gone back and said, we feel we might have made things too complicated in the Heaven Sword world. And so we may end up going back to something simpler, yet also raising the level cap would also make things more complicated again. Where do you think we'll end up going? Well, there are some things you could do where if you raise the level cap, now you have abilities that just flat out trump old abilities. And there's no reason to use the old version of the ability. That's something a lot of MMOs do, MMOs do which Final Fantasy XIV is kind of unique that you end up needing all of your skills. Except try disaster. Well, no. you don't. I mean, try disaster still works. Now it's try bind. That's not useless. Like there's. Every class seems to have, like, maybe one ability that they don't really use all that much, but overall you use the vast majority of all of your abilities, unlike other MMOs where there eventually becomes no point to use this ability once you get this ability. Yeah. Sometimes games Well, the sleep ability is very useful in PvP. Yeah. Well, it used to be in certain fights, but... Like, the only water ability I don't use is the one where I shoot and jump back. I also don't use any water ability. Oh, the repelling shot? Yeah, repelling shot. Everyone hates people that use that. Oh, the water? The, the, water the one? white man's oh, one and Garuda's yeah. loot order. It's, it's very useful when you're solo leveling, but when you're, um... Like As a melee, I really, really, really hate that move because I don't like chasing down my targets. Yeah. Well, the first time, first time I went into a dungeon as a white mage, I used fluid aura, and the tank looked at me and said, "Take that your hot bar. Don't ever use it again." And I was like, "Yes, sir." <laughs> <laughs> so my my next question then would be, what do you want to see out of your main class as a summoner? I'm looking for an upgrade to Garuda. Where it does nothing but knock things back all the time. I want to move. <laughs> I want to be able to move again. Uh, <laughs> I want to be able to move and shoot. Uh, yeah, same thing for Machinist. I want to be able to move and shoot. If Summoners actually had more summoning side of things. Yeah, yeah, it would. And um, Dark Knights, honestly, I was just saying that I think that they should just roll in the original um, like power slash combo mm-hmm. until your standard one just kind of removes some extra buttons that you'll never use. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, I think first I have to decide what my main class is, whether it's White Mage or Black Mage. <laughs> You're a White Black Mage. Uh, but I think the answer's the mage. same for both of them. Mage. I think I just want more raw power. <laughs> and for people to quit making you leave your ley lines. Yes! Get out of my goddamn ley lines. Don't but put your things I like down. plain hopscotch in your ley lines. <laughs> that's, that's fine. I don't mind you hanging out in my ley lines, but when you put, like, when you lay the fire down in my ley lines, that's a problem, because then I have to move. I'm gonna put salt and earth in your ley lines. No. <laughs> Why? Why? Dotan. Ley lines. <laughs> you know where the black mage lives, you know where the black mage dies. <laughs> yep. Alright, Barry, what could be what could be improved with Paladin? Or Scar. Paladin? Uh mm, if it's more cross class skills like that warrior gets <laughs> so he wants Paladin overpower is actually what <laughs> pretty much yeah, yeah. Paladin overpower would be freaking great no an AOE ability that, that is not a 30 second cooldown that I can use on on other creatures yeah warrior is pretty much perfect like we can just keep on keeping on 
paladins might need something iconic about them because they heal. They're healing type. Well, well, clemency was actually interesting that they introduced in Heaven's Ward. Yeah. Which made them more of the healing tank. So we might see something more along those lines where they start ramping up more and more of their healing abilities. What what do ninjas want? To cut, to kill, to stab everything. More ways to stab things. To be able to. To hot bar to fucking hot bar mudra. Oh, so we're going like, back to uh, eleven now. With I do not tents. macro. Yeah. <laughs> I don't either. You, you can't. You can't macro your mudras. Actually, someone no, someone in our free company. I think it was Mantis. He said he macroed his yeah his ninjutsus. I'm like no, because I, I if you do that, work. it can mess up your rotation and it slows you down. It does slow you down. It slows you down a lot. Um, I could mark it doesn't work. But Kira, what do you want to see out of a Dark Knight? I don't know. Honestly, Dark Knights are pretty good right now. Yeah. They're not perfect like Warriors, but they're pretty good. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> and Astro just got our boat, so. Yeah, we got our nocturnal second boat. So. Alright, we don't have to have a huge. I think maybe Dark Knights can use more emergency moments. Yeah. But then they make oh, you closer kid? to Pat. Well, no, the oh, shit, the oh, shit kid is your vampire combo plus uh, Living Dead. Yeah, okay. uh, still. That's. Maybe a way to actually fully heal ourselves in a no-shit moment. Yeah, I mean, Paladins kind of have the absolute awful one. Um, Hong Gang is also pretty good, but Paladin, or Dark Knight's kind of got the short end of the stick with there, so probably just change up on that route. Alright, and I think uh, I want to do a too long of a portion of this, and we have the actual fan fest to cover, but there is going to be a fan festival battle challenge that apparently is going to be alliance-based, so this could be the first-ever alliance-based primal fight if they ever introduce this into the main game. What do you want to see this fight be? The Three Sisters! Like, they're a great alliance. That would be... That would be cool. Like, the alliances have to swap sisters. Maybe. Imagine the team swaps. Oh, my God. It would be so beautiful. If they can do it. Oh, but the failing could be beautiful, too. But also the question would be, (laughs) are they going to treat this like three normal full parties? So we have, you know, two tanks, two healers, rest DPS. Or one tank. Or one tank, two healers, rest DPS. Oh, no, if it's going to be an alliance, they're probably only going to have us need one tank. I don't think so. They'll probably come up with side mechanics, like extra ads or um, just extra mechanics the off tank has to do. Yeah, but in in general, the raids they've gone more towards the one tank per party. Yeah, yeah. I can see just one. I can see just but three. I, mean, I guess if you want to add complexity to it, then the two tanks, two healers, four DPS would be yeah. yeah. Cool. Just depends so, on the mechanics. Yeah, like with the like you said with the extra ads, the off tank has to. Something I want to see in this game, and I've talked about it among this group, that I think it's time that I need to voice his opinion. I want to see a fight where tanking the floor is an actual thing. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, like, yeah, wait, wait. like the, like the dragon's actual job. Tanking the floor. Yeah. Like, uh, and I see two ways you could do it. One, the floor is a targetable object within the room, and every now and then it does, like, a cast timer. At the end of its cast timer, the floor will rise up eventually, crushing and wiping the raid against the ceiling. So it's kind of like the book game? Yeah, kind of like that. And the only way to stop it, the only way to get it out of, uh... Dragoon? Yeah. Yeah, the only way to get it out of its cast iron would be to have a Dragoon 
jump on it. Like, you know, I don't think our FC dragon will appreciate that. There's a little hole somewhere where if you fall through, you die. Well, he wasn't meant to be the floor. Well, <laughs> you're not beating the floor. It's it's just like an interrupt that you have to do mm-hmm. periodically. You just have to jump on the floor to keep See, it down. Personally, I'd find it funnier if the dragon actually just failed. <laughs> <laughs> you see, but the other idea for the cast part the floor, goes up. Fail. <laughs> 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 you have a dragoon in your party, you immediately fail. Uh, the other idea, the other idea for how to take the floor is the fight requires one sacrifice, and as long as somebody is dead, the fight can you continue. Must give it your firstborn dragoon. <laughs> no, Elzins go first. Your first, your firstborn Elzin dragoon. So if somebody has to tank, somebody has to take the floor. Oh, before we're done, new race. Do you think we're getting any new races? Miera, I hope so. Miera, I want friends. There's gonna be so many like so many friends. I mean, there were a lot of other rods. So well, they when when what was it when they first doing Heaven's War? They were talking about the Aras and the Miera, and they had like plans drawn up for them. Completely. My thought on the reason why they would is just because the amount of people that would pay a race change, it's like extra bonus cash for them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why Why not give the fans something they obviously love? Plus, they just did the remaster of 12, so that's like another like driving force. Samurai, which is a possibly a new jobs that we're getting. Oh, I love that. I think it's magic effect related, personally. I want to say maybe Miss Knight. They were, oh, they were cool with Spellblade. Well, you know, they did in the spoiler alert, um, in the last patch, a character does pull a magical weapon and uses it to fight in melee. So that's a possibility. So I would love I would love to see Mystic Mage. I just want red mage. I've got white, well, I've got black, I need red mage. Well I mean that's an easy possibility on top of having I need like. red mage. I need it. I want mathematician from tactics. That was really well done. <laughs> <laughs> I've expressed this opinion before. He has. Um, I kind of think Dancer would be a lot of fun. Dancer would that be a lot That would have been a, a popular theory, Oh yeah, that'd actually. be fun. Especially with 12. That would tie in the 12. Mm-hmm. Dancer could be an awesome crafting class. What? Yeah. I would expect so more of a support yeah. I, mean, I can see it like a bard class, probably. Well, I, I think it's a case of your, it's a performance class where... Which, speaking of which, we, we talk about adding oh, new classes in terms of, uh, in terms of, like, combat classes, but what do you think are the possibility of adding new crafting and gathering classes? Low. A farmer <laughs> class. Um, I can see a farmer uh, class. There's a gatherer. Yeah. Like, I could see a maybe additional gathering, yeah. maybe... Oh, because oh, there's only three or four. There's only uh, three of them. Yeah. yeah. But I, I don't know. I think crafting is pretty fully. Yeah, it's pretty formed. Sure. They need to make culinary and better though. And, and 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 red and lesser pinned. That's just an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I would like to see one class that is just really weird and out there. Like you take the idea of a time mage, and instead we got the astrologian. Which takes a lot of the same ideas of messing with yeah, futures and past, mm-hmm. but instead of it being like an actual mechanic, it is something in the base of the lore, which they then reinterpreted as tarot cards, and built a whole system. Jobs to the jobs. 
Stones. Specialty like, jobs like, like, like fire mage like, or ice mage. Well, like with monk, you get to have a branch that you go to like a priest or something. So you went more like like talent trees. Okay, so yeah. like, let's like, either go priest or monk. Yeah. Well, so like, it's like perfect example of destiny. You have your sub. You have your main class like a warlock, and then you have uh, two subclasses that you can choose from depending on where what um, attributes you want. Jobs don't you just. But you can do that. Well, my thought, kind of on kind of on that note, is something that I would like to see in Final Fantasy XIV. Um, we do already have the system where there is your your class and then your job. I would like to see. Um, I would like to see ha- needing to level a job to get another job. Yeah, needing to level up a needing to level up a, and get different combinations. To produce like higher and like like take a the red mage that I want so badly. Let's say that for red mage you have to you have to get not only um you have to not only get a thaumaturge to fifteen. You also you actually have to get it. You have to get you have to get thaumaturge all the way up to sixty, and you have to get white mage all the way up to sixty. And then uh, let's just say. I would almost say just get the white How mage and black mage on. Similar to the titles of that, that would, except in the classes. Yeah. That would then be so in like the art mage. <laughs> so some sort of like prestige class. Yeah. 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 I, I think just getting it to 30 and getting your job stones would be a little easier. 60 is a little extreme. Well, that's or 50 even. Or yeah. savage. <laughs> well, the only way I could see that working like, like, is if they actually do introduce the, jaws potion, the jump potion. Yeah. In order for you to do that, otherwise you're going to have a gated class that nobody's going to touch because some people aren't wanted at the same time. But I know, I know the class I really want. I want fencer. That's paladin. No, no, like a fencer class, like from Tactics Advance. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, like the single-handed <laughs> uh, sword user type. Yeah, yeah, that well, that could go into that goes into like red mage. Well, that's what I thought with the uh, magic pack. Uh, if I mean, this is the basing off. Uh, Again, the bad dude like Rias or whatever his name is yeah, that you okay. see in like a theoracal chemical research facility. Yeah, and that guy. Um, he uses a one-handed sword, um, and he basically has interesting combination of sword magic and also mechanical gun shots. So also gun like a squall class. <laughs> I was gonna say a gun blade class. <laughs> uh, I mean, not that I want it, but it's just it. It seems. But like it's gotta be more emo than Dark Knight. <laughs> hey, you eventually learn that the best way to become a dark knight is to embrace the power of love. It's true, you gotta dye your armor. All you need is yeah. love. <laughs> true. Captain, love is all you need. Captain actually, did, did you guys actually hear about how there was this big <sighs> rumor spread that if you dye your armor black, you'll do more damage? And people actually thought that was real. Really? Yep. I, I like how these people think that if you drill a hole in your actual setting, the head will got you there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Well, I am going to drill the hole into our iPhone 7 jack on this portion. Wait, there is one more one prediction that I've heard that I would like to see. It's an addition, it's not class, it's an addition to the gold saucer. Uh, putting headphone jacks in the next one? Yes. Yeah. Um, an addition to the gold saucer would be Blitzball. Blitzball would be awesome. That would be cool. And then we drill holes yeah. in our link pearls. And then we drill holes yeah. in our link pearls. If the there. next expansion is water focus. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, thank you for talking with us. 
And next time, we'll be back from Friday at FanFest, and we'll know if all our dreams came true. Trepid uh, uh, free company members. It is Sunday. We have finished the 2016 Las Vegas Final Fantasy XIV Fan Festival. It was fun. It was cool. And it was a festival. And it was a festival. (laughs) All right. So general thoughts of the convention. It was nice to meet people off of our server because you see them running by in game, and then you finally can put an actual face. And then they run by you in person, and you're like, "Okay, yeah, it's like I can't <laughs> click on you." <laughs> it was interesting going to an actual industry event, not a fan run event. Some things worked out very much in their favor. Some things did not. Merchandise line savage. <sighs> Merchandise they... line 1.0 survivor. As I understand, this fan fest is literally double the size in all respects than the previous year. They had double the space, probably double the attendance, and I think they just did not understand how merch worked. And how much when you add so many more people who want merch, they're going to wait for it and they're going to try and get it, and they were not ready for the band. But to be fair, once I got got a plan, they were... Efficient. Yeah. They were. They were. Which we'll we'll go over that in, in, in day two. Um that check in line to get your badge was like wicked efficient. Soon. Wicked efficient. Yeah, like the registration was stupid fast. And I hear I think maybe the first fan fest people got like their names on badges and stuff, but this time they they did not because they were like, if we just hand out badges, it'll be faster. Also, this is a two-day event. There's only one badge. So you don't have to worry about trying to find which badge you're going to give them. You're just giving them a badge and a goodie bag. So that was pretty pretty smart on their part. Like, it was the registration, once it kicked in gear, it kicked into gear fast, and it was very smooth. It's a very good goodie bag, too. It was a very good goodie bag. We got, like, a uh, elegant orb. Oh, yeah, we can, we can hear all about it. The bag itself... Is a drawstring bag, like that bag. Um, it's the was it OBS or OBR? I thought it was download. Oh, download. Yeah. Oh, I see. I thought it was the. It um, looks like a node. Yeah, yeah it looks like a control node from Asus Law. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stress ball. What else we got? This is great Foley work. <laughs> got the giant inflatable little. Uh, the wine cursor. cursor. Yeah, you got the program guide. A blow up wind up cursor minion. Oh, don't forget the Allegan memory snack. A 16 gigabyte Allegan tombstone flash stick. They also gave us stickers of all the job classes based off of the um, Palace of the Dead sprite work they did. And the dragon was face down on the bottom. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, we've also taken multiple pictures of the event throughout the weekend. I'm going to pile them all and upload them into a gallery for this post. Yeah, yes. tri- well, that, that was unexpected, too. 
that was a really cool like social activity to get people to you know like interact with each other because I know Yoshi P has said multiple times like he wants to see the players work together so to do that live at Fan Fest that was pretty cool. The whole Mandrivel thing. Yeah, like in in the bag you got a set of five triple triad cards and they were all the same character and there were four other designs for those cards spread out throughout the the con goers. And so you had to find people that had ones that you needed and would trade them one of the ones you had for the ones you needed. That was a fun enough idea. I'm thinking of swiping it for our convention. Like well, that would be... Comic-Con also did that. Comic-Con did that already? Yeah, Comic-Con already did that. Oh. It, was, it was the Alice in Wonderland year. I remember that. Yeah. I, I didn't remember that They had the whole car train thing, and they also had the pedometers. Yeah, where people were just cheating like like mad. But what I thought was actually way neater was once you had your program guide and after the keynote, which we'll get into once we start talking about what happened during the days, they would give you um, this quest book. This Hildebrand themed quest book where they're like, oh, hey, someone causing problems at the fan fest. You need to find out who and the rewards were. Even more triple triad cards. You ended up with a set of nine. And you had to do things like, you know, talk to your friends and put together a full party of eight people and what they like best about the gold saucer. And it was really fun just passing our books around and seeing what everyone, you know, wanted out of things. What did you want more out of the gold saucer, Kira? A couple more mini games. Right, so you want a couple more mini games? Let's ball. Blitzball. Some form blitzball. Of blitzball. <laughs> I imagine the blitzball thing would be more like just a normal dodgeball thing, though, with a net. I no, I would I would see them actually implementing the the water sphere to do it. <laughs> if if they're gonna do blitzball, I'm pretty sure they're gonna do it the correct way. I, I could totally see them. Everybody, hold your alert. Jump in. <laughs> Spoiler alert: something with Alamigo having something equivalent of blitzball suddenly being incorporated. Yeah. Into the gold saucer. So, Cass, what, what did you want? Blitzball. Blitzball. <laughs> Barry. I said Blitzball and Chocobo breeding, but forgot Chocobo breeding was already in place. <laughs> well, better Chocobo more. breeding. Yeah, there you go. Like with Pokemon. Probably just one Pokemon breeding still. Final That's... Fantasy VII Chocobo breeding. That yes. Sounds about... <laughs> that sounds about right. And what did Doug want? Uh, I actually wanted a mix between, like, on some people's things I wrote uh, one thing, on other people's I wrote the other. Uh, I wanted a mix of snowboarding <coughs> and the opera house. Mm. Like So a rhythm game? Well, no, like, the opera house. Like, uh, like something where, like, you can write lyrics and then have, like, a MIDI voice come out and, and sing it. Oh, is that kind of like in the um? Like in like Tomodachi life. Yeah, Tomodachi life. Satan. Well, going off of that opera idea, like it'd be cool if they can implement theater rhythm in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Have Koji rap it for you. (laughs) 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 Yes, Koji Fox rapping all of them. You know, alternatively, alternatively, just snowboarding, which that is fun. You know, it was so fun in Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. And I've never seen it in any other Final Fantasy since, yeah. and I don't know why. Man, they really dropped the ball on that one, us being in Ishgard. 
in all the snow. Right. <laughs> um, Give it I, time. Similarly, I just want more trickle racing courses. Yeah. You know, there are plenty of zones in Heavensward that are ripe for the racing. And it'd be really awesome if they were to do that. Square Enix, please. <laughs> but yeah, you did that, and then there were all these mini-games they wanted you to partake in. There was a and spear throwing thing. Yeah, you had, Italian. Yeah, you had three like foam nerf spears. Stop the Illuminati. Yeah, you had to throw the spear, the nerf darts into Nidhogg's eye. Yeah. You had stopped the Illuminati where you shot at goblins. You had uh, the, uh, where the wind, wind blows. blows gate, like the actual gate from Gold Saucer, and they had a an LED floor that you pretty much had to run around and make sure that when you stopped, you weren't in the red zone. It was, it was like four square panels, and one of the four panels were turned red. If you were on it, you were out. And then you had the Mandragora talks, where you had Mandragora printed um, on basketball. like little it was like basketball but they also played it with volleyball like little volleyballs yeah. and the backdrop for the goal was a goo goo mouth and so they were pretty much like little carnival games oh that's how you got your stamps to get more cards with the Mandarpo book yeah. well yeah because one of the things was they wanted you to do was get stamps and you got stamps by doing events, events throughout the convention whether it be doing a trial roulette or their special battle roulette special battle would challenge which is proto ultima as an alliance raid instead of just an eight man you know or um, buying stuff from merch or doing pvp anything that you did besides just going to a panel or something you got stamps out of it that you can then use towards filling out your book to get more triple triad cards and that was just a really neat idea to get people to mill about get together do things together as this is you know they really like to put the multiplayer in the massively multiplayer online game and to sort of make up for like all the stuff you can do they had the the layout of the room it was all in one big giant room kind of like Hamilton. but you had the main stage and then you had hanging giant monitors throughout the the room so no matter what you were doing you could hear or see what was going on god i loved the audio-visual setup of this convention. Mm-hmm. You walk in the yeah. first time and it's playing the music from Idleshire. You felt like you were in the game. You know, yeah. All of a sudden, it's just like, you couldn't help but go, Ooh. And you realize that as long as you're sitting around and you don't mind looking at the screen, there is not a bad seat in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, they spread everything else nice and they are very high-quality projectors, you know, and screens. And it's like, man, all right, this is an industry event. They can afford this stuff. You know, they also had tons of all their monitors were really nice ViewSonics. In fact, the ViewSonics were so nice, and because ViewSonics, they wanted to tote them back, they were actually selling them for a deeply discounted cost. Ninety-nine. Yeah, you know, for like they're one hundred and fifty, hundred sixty bucks. Hundred, yeah, and it only cost hundred. You know, and it, it, it was the monitors that they were make, they were using at the event, but they're you know very barely used because they're only been used for two days. And you get a really good discounted price, you just gotta get it home. And it was price was so good that we ended up getting two of them ourselves. You know, both Kira and Barry bought one because you know, monitors are useful and they were good. It's a long time since I got a new monitor and getting home to be the tough part. I just wrapped it in all my clothes in my suitcase. <laughs> Hopefully it'll make it home. I assume Barry, you at least because you won't have as many 
You know as many snack foods as we did mm. prepare for the trip. I'm going to try and put it, take it on to carry on. Like, mm. uh, I, I, I trust it less in my luggage than I, than I do even checking it by plane side where they know what it is and they know I'm going to be bitchy about it. <laughs> and uh, they also had a big old sign-up area where everyone could sign wall. up, you know, in the meeting wall where they could all sign in your names or whatever you wanted to. And but they had to server. servers, yeah. Yeah, the world's in, the data centers and the servers. And then some person decided to put up a little picture of Hoshafont. <laughs> Poor guy. That was With great. LED candles and that memorial grew throughout the weekend. The yeah. best thing that someone left there was the packet of hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> there, I mean, there were so many things that uh, on that memorial, it was great. Just mm-hmm. like people brought like airplane cookies, chocolate, like candy bars, uh, flaming hot Cheetos, flaming hot Cheetos. Didn't you put something on it? Uh... Yeah, I left a, I, I left a stack of apricots. <laughs> <laughs> but in Square, just left it there. Like the team knew what that what was going on. They were all about it. Some of them kind of want to take it back to the offices. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, they had a they had their giant fat chocobo that you could, you know, get pictures of and and pretend that you're writing it. They had an awesome like art exhibit of of the fan art of from a, from fans that had made throughout Eorzea. There was a great set of crochet mandragoras. Yes. So it was it was really nice. I mean, this convention was not huge. I mean, it was a few thousand people at least, but you know, it was. Like, it could have been huge if they hadn't put a ticket cap on it. But I think they needed to. I mean, clearly, I mean, they, they, they filled space, that room. Yeah. Like, they yeah. they filled that space very well. So hopefully, it's going to be double the size again next year. It, it, well, I don't know if they'll do it next year, but I well, think... two years from now. Possibly two years. You know, I, I think they, it seems like they are doing it when they're ready to announce a new expansion. Yeah. That's when they start kicking in the fan fest, which is... We, makes we, a whole lot of sense. Yeah, it, it, make, it makes the fan fest worth it because they have something really big to be able to share it like during the keynote. Yeah, so. yeah, which was one of the first things they did was the first panel was the keynote and first thing we saw was a new teaser. Um, or Stormblood. I I think it's re- it, it was really interesting and almost a little bit weird to have a convention so laser focused on something I'm very much interested in. I'm not used to that level of I never want to leave because they're constantly bombarding me with something I want to see or do and everything is right you know in my interest because there's only like five or six panels but all the panels were things that you'd want to do um yeah normally you're walking around like eh, I can miss that panel eh, I can like, miss that in panel. both days I never left the room like I mean if I left the room to go get food but I never actually came back to just do anything else. Like, I wanted to be in that room. The only times when we really had downtimes, we were saving our seats for something that was about to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this also was interesting that it was a, it was, it really felt, it was felt like a marathon. Where you get up early in the morning, and then the con runs hot until 8, and then it stops. And then suddenly you have, you know, 8 p.m. beyond to just do whatever. Which, I mean, we're in Las Vegas. It's not that hard to find things to do. <laughs> so, But it is a very different experience than what you would traditionally see at like an anime con or comic con or whatever. Where it's a all day, all night sort of thing. This is a very 
right, you're in. You're in it for a, you're in it to win it. Then you're done. Come back tomorrow. Okay, we did it again. Awesome. We're done. That's it. And that was that was interesting to me. All right. Well, I guess at that point, then we're gonna take a small break, and we're gonna back with day one of FanFest. We'll be right back. Friday, we get in there. They let us all in, and and before anything else gets to happen, is Yoshida's keynote, and he went straight for the jugular and announced the brand new 4.0 expansion, Stormblood. We go on to Alamigo, and everybody's gonna be monk. Everybody's going to be well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I'm still, I'm still summoned up for life. So yeah, Stormblood. Um, we know that's the new area we're going to. It's been something they've talked about for a long time in fourteen. It's always been the uh, resident. The previous yeah, Al Alamigo was the first um, Eorzean nation to get hit hard by the Garleans. They totally took over. It's now been like twenty years, and we're going to try to do, you know, save them. But do they want to be saved? Now it's apparently one of the big things they really want to get around. With the storyline this time is they've been under occupation for 20 years. There's now a whole new generation of people who only know Garlean rule. What do they want out of life? Do they want to be freed? Is the resistance a good idea? Probably yes, but you know, these, but they do a pretty good job in this game of painting things in shades of gray here and there. And the big hot topic of the teaser was is the girl in red either or not? Maybe she's Eda. Is she a hidden reveal of the dancer class? Subclasses. Like, are we... We know there are going to be new jobs. And he, and there was an S on there. There's more than one. Um, and the lady running around, she started off dancing. Does that mean we're getting dancer as a class? They didn't actually announce which ones they were. Mm-hmm. It but... turned out Yoshida was wearing a Marvel Scarlet Witch t-shirt. He heavily implied red mage, but did not come out and say red mage. He quote-unquote casually walked off to the side, took his coat off, and said, oh, it's hot. And he was like showing (laughs) off his shirt. Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Witch, and he walked off, came back on with a different shirt. So, well, we'll see what happens. Of course, as they point out, you know, there are two more fan fests, and I'm sure the Tokyo one, we're going to get more informations um there mm-hmm. are you know new primals new areas new aether currents for flying around in or to get to fly around in and these, um, the new area or the new map he said or the new expansion isn't going to be any smaller than heaven's where it's going to be bigger. yeah well i said it's going to, it's going to be, it's at, going the very to be least, at least the size of heaven's sort yeah. said no smaller no yeah so, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it'll either be the same size or bigger. So, who knows? And the Heaven's Ward, for me, was plenty big. Yeah. Like, I am still enjoying running around those areas, even now. So, I'm I'm fine with what we got. 
There is going to be, um, and they all said other things like they're doing a complete revamp of our battle systems. Because he knows that, you know, especially with getting a bunch of new abilities and... And a new level cap. Yes, new yeah. level cap. New level, yeah, we're running level 70, which means a bunch of new abilities. And they're also now reevaluating, you know, the more quote-unquote useless ones. And they might be trying to sort of revamp the whole cross-class skill system. And... It'll be based on your role instead of classes. Mm-hmm. So it could be really interesting, which, I, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, because he's right. If you play... A um, a warrior, any sort of tank class, you've got to get the cross class skill at provoke. Yeah, you you need it. You absolutely need it, or else you are ineffective. Yeah, you don't do what I did and get it at level. Same with any casters. You need swift cast. Yeah, you have to have swift cast, even though thaumaturge is unless you're Doug, it's the worst thing ever. (laughs) No, it's great. It's not bad. Man. Just for Basil. <laughs> Anywho, um, another fun thing they announced. Also, all new primals. <laughs> yeah. Which means, okay, so we've had ponies and birds. What are we getting? What are we getting next? Trains. Choo-choo. <laughs> no, he train. implied Doom Train would have to be after. <laughs> they, they yeah. have he, to be. he did say that. He, he, he said Doom Train would be like 5.0. That yeah. would be in the Garlean Empire. Oh, yeah. He also, mentioned, he also kind of casually mentioned that 5.0 was probably going to go to Gar... Garland. Uh, like yeah, they, Garland. they know what they, they said. They know where they want to go, and who they would, who would be the bad, the big bad. Well, beyond that, we, you know, there's nothing. But that means that they are thinking in the head enough that we get five. Uh, they also announced the the forbidden the forbidden land of Eureka. So, I guess we're going to a sci-fi channel town. It's a new datum. Yeah, it's yeah. a new datum. It's a new datum. That's what it actually is. And but they also said that this area. I guess they've learned from Theodem, you know, because not a lot of people do that right now. He, They implied that the next relic, you would probably have to go there to get it. Like you, That's where you, that's go where you will go to work on it. But one of the biggest things, and for some people this was the, the biggest announcement, possibly bigger than the expansion, is, of course, the in, the increase of inventory slots. Yes. Oh, oh, God, people lost their minds. <laughs> they didn't say how much, but we're getting more. I he, think... said expa- he said exceptionally, but it won't come till after the expansion. He's They're they're expanding it just a little bit, and then after that, they're going to start rolling it out a little bit more and more patches. It's a pretty big thing. That they're rolling really as much as humanly possible. So as much as they can get done in addition to all the other work they have to do, and then they can start working on... And not kill the system. Yeah. (laughs) We don't want to kill the dead. Which was paired with more or less the announcement of the increased specs when Stormblood hits. Like, the base windows, you know, spec for you be able to run stuff is going to be raised. Um, No more Pentium. Yeah, and no more PS3s. As soon as you download that uh, Stormblood patch on your PS3, your PS3 will no longer run Final Fantasy XIV. But it also does sound like they're more or less going, if you've got on PS3 and you buy a PS4, you're already set. Like, you don't have to buy the game. It's, it's, yeah, they, it's they, doing they, the upgrade thing again, the... when, like when, when the PS4 first came out. Yeah, and it's free. It is. You just get your PS4, I bet you just log in, and... There's there's something on the website that's like transfer yeah. and moves it up. So awesome for them. 
I'm worried a little bit about my Surface Pro 2, how it's going to handle the new stuff, because it's already chugging on Heavensward stuff, but we'll see. My main computer should be fine. But, I mean, you know, if you're, they, unless you try to stay like WoW and use the same graphics for 15 years. And then update them. You know, and then update them, but even then not, not update them too much. Like, you know, you've got to keep. The aesthetic. You, you got to keep up the aesthetic. You got to keep up things. And if you want to do like weirder things and harder things, you just need more processing power. And I'm sure that's also partially why at that 4.0 is where we're going to get those increased inventory slots is because they'll have, they can make sure they can push those computers and PS4s harder than they have previously. They basically said, if you're on a 32-bit system, good luck. And they said, please upgrade. <laughs> please. They were begging. Yeah. Yeah. Just upgrade. Just upgrade. Just do it. Just do it. I think one of my favorite things, a lot of, I don't know if be later, but a lot of questions that he got for things, he was like, PS5. Yeah. Yeah. PS, PS5, PS5 became the answer. It's like PC or PS5. But yeah, that was the you know the majority of the keynote, and yeah, Stormblood. We're getting it. We're we're going to Alamigo, and the yeah, and the the new focused class is Monk, aka every time they do an expansion, the main character guy that they use as the Warrior of Light in all the preview stuff and trailers and whatnot. He always changes class. Mm-hmm. Like I think he started off with. I think he started off as a bard. He started off as a bard. Bard, warrior, dragoon, and now monk. I uh, uh, so it's it's going to be exciting, and and it was at this point that we turned around, saw the merch light merch line wrapping around the room two or three times, and we were like, okay, so what are these back. Hildebrand things? <laughs> <laughs> people in that line for six plus hours that didn't get anything. God, that was that was such a they they just did not understand. They did not understand one one bit what they had done. They brought a lot of good merch, but they did not realize how much of demand for it they were going to have. Yeah, they had no clue. No clue whatsoever. They even had these, like initially they were passing out these little order sheets that you filled out and you're supposed to just hand to the person and they Went and got everything, but that really did not help at all. And so we were off doing mini games and stuff to get our triple try cards. And while this was going on, they had their um, panel about the battle systems with Mister Ozma himself, in that he made Ozma. So therefore, and Ozma has gone over really well. I mean, as boss fights go, it might be the most well received boss fight. In a long time, but his, his actual name is uh, Masaki uh, Nakagawa, and he is. It's really interesting. He used to be an e-commerce systems developer, like of all things, and he actually got the job by following a forum post in uh, fourteen forums. Like he saw that Yoshida was like, "Oh, hey, you should totally, you know, we're taking applications," and he sent an application in for, and he got the job, and he's he's done Ozma. I think he did a Leviathan, he did Sophia, and, and so... Very, very good battles that he's uh, contributed to. <clears throat> you know, and where, you know, he's one of his big things is that, you know, the storyline has to take, you know, the sort of the aesthetics, what the boss will be all about, but he's also going to make sure that the bosses are exciting, but, you know, for the actual battle, but he also wants to make sure that you know, once you play the fight for about 60 seconds or so, you at least 
understand a lot of the main things you want to look out for. Like, so with Leviathan, you realize pretty fast, oh, hey, when Leviathan decides to go underwater, come back up, I better get on the right side or else I'm getting knocked off. You know, some things, you know, well, you might not understand the entirety of the fight for every little detail, but at least you know the basics of where it's going to go. And then you also mentioned just how much more complicated Ozma was going to begin with, where they are going to do parties of four and like, you know, like four parties of four where there'll be a bunch of healers. Like, like each, you know, each group would be into four and each group would have a healer. And then they realized that if one group failed out of the four parties, everything was going to fail. They're like, well, never mind. Let's, 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 let's tone it down. Let's figure it out. But apparently, um, they, they've still been working on different shape changes. And apparently an aversion of an extreme or savage version of Ozma is something they're thinking about, which is kind of interesting that a, a raid boss might get his own thing just because for how well that boss fight was received. Well, and plenty of people have been asking about, like, the lore of Ozma, Like, what is Ozma, And I found it's really interesting to explain it to people. <laughs> um, because Ozma is kind of a... A mystery, you know, like in terms of in terms of Final Fantasy history, Ozma comes from Final Fantasy Nine, where Ozma was a primal. Well, not a primal. They were called something different in Final Fantasy Nine. In Final Fantasy Nine, they were called. Um, in Final Fantasy Nine, they they were summons, but it was basically a summon that was a god of a people who had been forgotten, and so the the deity had just like lost its shape and become that sphere. Uh, and it actually goes back even further. They named it that because of the Ozma space, uh, 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 the Ozma space probe that was sent up into the space and got lost. And that space probe itself was named after Princess Ozma from the Wizard of Oz. And that name is just totally made up. That's just a fairy princess name. <laughs> and that's the entire origin of Ozma. And it's so interesting how there's something about it that does hit, strike a nerve with people that feels really ancient and old and mysterious, but the history itself isn't actually all that complex. So yeah, that was a really neat thing, and I think this might be the first time they brought him in to talk um, at a fan fest type thing, so I think it was, they were really proud to have this guy, especially after the success of Ozma, that be like, hey, let's trot him out. This is the guy, y'all. You should talk to him. He's pretty cool. And he was. He was so nervous. It was so cute. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we all really appreciated all the, the hard work that he's done. Yeah. For Square Like, I think there was some sort of special attack they were trying to, to do for the Sophia fight, but instead they realized that actually, so we're doing another, you know, um, fight where you have to be on the right side of stuff. But in this way, it would up scale instead of just Leviathan's crashing into stuff. And also, apparently, it's um, Leviathan's actually, the visually, it's actually done by a trick. The platform never moves. It's actually all the background stuff that moves and gives you the illusion that you're going up and down. 
and that there's just an invisible like uh, thread just pushing your pulling your characters across. That's neat. And so they they're just tricking you to thinking that you're actually moving up and down when you're really not. Hmm. And apparently that took a lot of work to make less happen. Apparently less resources probably. Yeah, well that that's the whole thing is that he'll apparently come up with these really off the wall ideas and then he'll go, "Hey, let's do this." And the battle team's like, "What? <laughs> what? Um, no." Wait, you're still saying yes? Okay. Um, after that was the, uh, please look forward to it <laughs> panel of Naoki Yoshida. And I believe, uh, Coach, Koji Fox Best was also there Fox. to do, uh, you know, to provide both. No, I'm not sure. I think Koji's Fox panel, that's, that's, that's the next day. That's the next day. Yeah, that was the next day. Um, but this one was pretty good. Um, Koji was there as translator. And the whole idea was that, um, they had taken some questions online. Um, and they had people say something there, um, but mostly it was things that we got to fill out onto little cards. Like every person who had was a purchaser of a tick, a set of tickets, got to submit a question. Oh my God! So so many Hyperians. Yeah, and, there's a lot yeah. of people from Hyperian. You would so, think it would all be Belmong, but no. <laughs> they they, they got some, three Belmong, and then the rest were Hyperian. They they got some representation. So, but. Uh, they were just pulling them out of the bag, and they were answering them whatever they were. We got so many new faces from Yoshi. You know, some yeah, things... a lot of facial expressions from Yoshi. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some things like a time attack for dungeons. Oh. It turns out that's something they do want to do, but they also have to make sure that, you know, things don't get abused and cheated with. So They were talking about on it. people using chi devices or something to make their characters move faster than is supposedly possible. What they could do is like with older Minecraft, if you glitched or you're cheating and move faster than is physically possible in the game, it would just kick you. Mm-hmm. So you would never be on the leaderboard, which was their big thing was like, oh, these people are going to cheat. They're going to get through here faster than physically possible. And we have to go in and delete them because we don't want them on boards at all. Right. So just, I guess they need to figure out what is physically possible in the game speed-wise, and if your character moves over this a certain amount, then it's like, nope, you're kicked out of this fate or whatever it's going to be. People ask for a fat dodo mount. He was like, okay, we got cool mounts. We've got <laughs> You Americans mounts. want everything fat, don't you? Somebody asked if we if we could get a uh, if we could get Sophia's costume, and then they paused. Oh. Oh. <laughs> he seemed to understand it at first when he said, "When it was just, can we get?" And then they, and then they added on, "Wearable by men." Uh, and that yeah. was when he suddenly couldn't understand it, and he couldn't. Uh, he couldn't he, process. He looked at one. He looked at it the audience one time as he assured them, "Well, we're working on modeling the bunny suit for the men." Ass is modeled. <laughs> yeah, Only the ass, ass of the bunny done. suit. And then, <laughs> but it was very obvious to him that he just didn't understand why that was something that we wanted. Americans are weird. Yes, we are. Um, they also did ask, will Slevener be able to fly? The answer was yes. Eventually. We're working on it. Um, about accuracy for white mages and other healers. Part of the revamped battle system. That's part of the revamped battle system. Will there be open world PvP? Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> that was uh, his he said... Well, his answer eventually was basically like, wow, where there's 
PvP servers. That they might implement it. They they want to hear more feedback. I don't know. I'm one of the people that I don't like PvP. Yeah, PvP servers no, suck. Like, there's no griefers in... Like, like, I don't mind the sort of capture-the-flag-style PvP that's in a... That, that's in the front lines. Like, that's that's kind of fun. But... But I just detest... Like, <coughs> I just detest PvP normally. Like, I'm never gonna do any of the one-on-one things. Like, people can try me to a battle and I'll just ignore it. Uh, I'll decline. No. <laughs> no, I hate PvP. I, I'm PvE for life, and and I don't want to play in a world with an open with open That's world. That's why PvE. we would have PvP yeah, we would servers. Have dedicated servers. Yeah, so we can pull all the assholes in one place. But speaking of those, so um, <laughs> the next question was: Can healers use cleric stance for duels? No. <laughs> he was adamant about that. He was like, no. And then he looked at looked uh, to the audience and said, "Do you healers really want to do that much damage?" And, and everybody went yes. yes. And the crowd cheered. <laughs> I want to throw rocks harder at people. <laughs> um, they also asked about increasing the housing allotments. Um, they are I, working on it. That is one yeah. thing we we didn't the last thing to mention was Stormblood is there will be a new residential ward. Oh yeah, yeah, there is a new residential ward, but we don't know where. That's right. He, Please look forward to it. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> "Why it was cold?" Well, no, he said no, no. it could be Ishgard, it could be Alamigo. Like well, he, everybody, he sort of asked where he, where we would want. And everybody it. went Ishgard, and he was like, "It's a little cold, isn't it?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, I still think Ildishire is a really Ildishire, yeah, you know, is a really good one. Yeah, which hard, which you yeah. know, they talked about how hard the uh, the cruise chaser, the 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 cruise chaser part of the new, one of the new Alexander fights. Because they designed it as like an actual QTE, a super easy QTE, and you know, apparently, you know, the you entire died. team couldn't yeah, do it. Yeah, apparently he was shocked that not many people have died getting off of it. I didn't think you could die getting off no, of it. No, he said originally it had a different button every time you pushed it. Yeah. Like, no, right. no, well, originally it was you had to hit the X button or you had to hit the space bar on your keyboard, but apparently people were missing, all, like their developers were missing all the time or couldn't find the button, so they just changed it to. You hit a movement key, or if you're on a controller, you hit whatever button. I can hit a movement key? I don't have to click it with the keyboard? Yeah, see, I just click the, the button. Mouse. Yeah, I click the mu- button with the mouse. But it, it's, it's as long as you press any button. Well, see, it will, that is and, well, no, no, it's not any button, because at one point they said, do you want to be any button even when like, people are typing? And he's like, yeah, probably not. So it's... So it, it's any button but text input. Um, they asked, are, is there going to be the equivalent of Karen... For the uh, new primal birds, the answer is yep. And there's going to be a different way to get. Like it's it's ready, yeah. it's ready to go. I think he's a three point five when we get it. Yeah. Um, well, one of the questions that got kept getting asked was about the um, the Alexander um, Savage gear. It's Why isn't it's not diable? And their big thing was like, well, we made two sets of gear this time. We didn't have time to make. Anything diable, but I guess we'll bring it back and see if they can do stuff. That's a lot of resources just to make a piece of gear be able to die. And that's what they said is that they use other resources in focusing on making it different, and in that it couldn't be diable. Whereas the other ones they use their resources to make it diable. Yeah. They also talked about can we get more levels of dying customization, which was one of the times where I think um, Yoshi P wanted to walk off the stage. 
Well, no, 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 no. Once, once he finally started understanding, he was genuinely, in, genuinely interested in it. Um, but yeah, the, like, the, the general idea came down to instead of you dot, you only have like you choose to dye this piece of gear and the shirt changes color. That's it. Uh, I think the idea that he finally explained was uh, you could choose which area is going to die. Like instead of the shirt, it'd be all the trim. But yeah. it's like, you can do one or the other, you can't do both. Yeah, once he finally understood, he was like, oh, yeah, I could probably do that. Uh, let's see what other good ones. Yeah. You know, hairstyles. You know, it, one of the new hairstyles you can unlock by playing Palace of the Dead. They're not sure if they're going to keep... They'll probably do that occasionally, but not. It's not going to be a new... They, the new way. Gonna, they're going to continue examining that stuff case by case. Like, so if there's a hairstyle that where it makes sense for it to, to be obtainable through a dungeon, then that will be... But what he said mostly is that he doesn't want to make it so that the casuals it, can't get it. Yeah, like you can't you can't be stylish with your hair. And like, long and curly hair, unless you're hard, unless you're a hardcore player. That's something he doesn't hair, want. Like really longer hair than what we have is they really hard to. Issues. Yeah, it's really hard to code and keep it from clipping everything. People ask about you know cameos from other Final Fantasy games. Sprite works hard to translate, but you know, 15's <laughs> coming out. Just just saying, guys, 15's coming out. It's the same engine, so. Um, server merges, no. But they are looking into ways to um, do more cross-server things like parties and raids and stuff to try and... They're going to have a cross-server party finder. Yeah, cross-server party fighter. I think he said something about you could add friends from other yeah, servers. Yeah, you could actually talk to people from other yeah. servers. Uh, which makes a lot of sense, because the server setup is already there in place. Um, and I, I could see that. That'd be nice. Um, Moogles, will they deliver to apartments? Probably soon. Um, let's see. Uh, Summer Eggies, will they get any quarter buffs? If they do, it's going to be in Stormblood. Right now, they're actually going to give us, he said in, I think, 3.5, that you'll be able to change the color of your carbuncles. Well, yeah, what, what it is is that they're going to do a summoner eggy um, glamour system where you can make yeah. your various summon creatures like Garuda, Ifrit, or Titan, and they're going to let you, you know, change them to other things visually, but the stats will remain the same, that the attacks will remain the same. Yeah. And they're going to kick it off with carbuncles. But you'll be able to change the color of your carbuncles, which at this point, that's all I really want. I am, I, I like, I like Garuda and Titan and Ifrit all, but I'm, ever since, you know, I first tried Final Fantasy XI way back in the day and only played it for like a month because no one played with me. Um, and Aww. it's a, well, it's a, it's a game that you cannot play by yourself. Right. It is a, you can do it now, but at the time when only like one or two expansions were out, you couldn't do it. But even still, I loved having my glowy little carbuncle buddy. In 14, my favorite parts was I got a glowy carbuncle buddy, and they keep showing me other arcanists that have different glowy carbuncle buddies, and I don't get to have any of them. You only get to have blue and gold. Screw that. They're bringing it to me. Fine. Patch 3.5. I'll believe it when I see it. Will we get to fight Doom Train? Maybe. 5.0, possibly. Um, a chance on 14 on the new Nintendo console. Maybe. And they were like, freaking Nintendo fans, man. Like, they haven't announced... Roll the dice, the word Nintendo. 
Nintendo hasn't announced crap. They can't announce crap, but if Nintendo's not announced crap, who knows? Also, if they're wanting more and more powerful systems, I doubt the NX will be powerful enough to be that, but whatever. The NX is rumored to be a little more powerful than the PS4. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it Hmm. at this point. The NX is a golden butterfly. One day we'll see it, one day we won't, whatever. More monster furniture? Like a marble bed? And he's like, why do you want more marble stuff? (laughs) There's enough marble stuff, isn't there? We only have so much design team housing time, and... We're busy. God, that's ugly. Why? Well, once once we saw the live letter, then we kind of understood why, because he showed the housing. Yeah. He's like, destroy your chocobo house and use this new housing. Um, one of my favorite Balmont questions, will we get exercise emotes such as squats and push-ups? Possibly. That, that's doable. In the meantime, do those in real life. <laughs> he straight up told you, oh, yeah. get off your ass and exercise. Uh, people asked if we'll ever get a Godbert trial, and he was like, no. You, you can't, can't beat Godbert. He, he said, God, he said, one, Godbert never loses. If you manage to beat Godbert, then you got to fight his wife. Savage mode. I mean, <laughs> he was like, you're, you'd be screwed. Uh, let's see. Housing markets. Will you ever be able to regain money from houses if you destroy it intentionally? He nope. said no. No. <laughs> too much time and effort housing team busy. No, no, not too much time and effort housing team busy. He actively doesn't want that. Uh, uh he also was never going to make it so that, uh, you could... Sell your house. You could do cra- you could do like airship crafting from the apartments mm-hmm. because that's something that he specifically made for, uh, Freedom Home Finishes. Um, and then he finally, I think one of the last questions was about open world level syncing. Well, in that, um, you sync to fates. And that blew his mind. He liked No, that. you don't sync he to fates. No, well, no, no, no. You, you sync to your party. No, right now you right. sync to fates. But, but what they are asking syncing, for yes. to the party. Yeah. Yeah, he liked that well, idea. A, a member. Um, yeah, he wrote that down and was like, well, he made Koji write it down, and we're bringing that back with us. Well, it makes a lot of sense, because that's actually one of the big things in the new World of Warcraft expansion, Legion, is that, um, like, the five or six zones, I think the first, like, there's the opening zone, then there's a final zone, and I think there's, like, five zones in the middle. And you can tackle each of those five zones in any order that you want, and everything is synced. So that if you go in there at level, say, 82 or 92 or whatever it was for World of Warcraft, everything was synced to that level. And as you raised up in level, so would everything else in response. And so I think they got that idea for things like Fates and stuff in 14, and they applied it on a much larger scale. And so now people are wondering if 14 could ever follow suit. And I think that's that's one of those things where I could see, you know, Yoshi P. Like, okay, this is clearly a, a modern evolution of MMOs in general. We need to make sure that we stay on top of that. That's not really a modern thing. I, and I can't remember what MMO it is because I've played so many. There was an MMO where you could choose what level to sink down to. So if you're running with a, a, a friend who just started, <coughs> your friend could still get the regular drops and his regular amount of XP instead of if you're in a party with a high level character, you don't get XP. I, I know there. that it was uh, Guild Wars 2 did something similar with the same oh, I didn't play stuff. Guild Wars, I know that. It may have been Pristin Pale. 
but uh, um, that that kind of system has existed, and that would be awesome to have in fourteen. So we'll see. Uh, after that was the costume contest. There were a lot of really good costumes. Oh my god, that dragoon! The dragoon that actually did actual scale armor for the actual scale part. The helmet was accurate, and the visor went down. The eyes glowed. She said the scale mount alone took her five hundred hours. That makes yeah. sense. I've, yeah. I've almost made a complete scale mount shirt. So yeah, it was really, really well done. It looked absolutely stunning. But there were a lot of really good. I mean, my favorite was Melinda Chan's bard because yeah, she was a. There was there was like three bards up there actually, and then for the finals, there was the. Uh, I like the uh, the warrior blight bard, like the one we see in the cutscenes. Yeah, that's that's who she was. That's oh, Melinda. Yeah. Okay. And then they uh, they finally kicked. They finally ended the night with a piano concert featuring Susan Calloway. Oh my gosh, I, I almost cried during the I answers. had goosebumps. And the they would feels. Sh- like, the best part was they would show, like, especially for answers, they showed the cutscene. Like, I mean, everybody knows what cutscene we're talking about. Like, they showed that cutscene, and then, like, um, on all the music, they would show video from the game, like, as they Where were Where that song it. was from, yeah. Yeah. And, and then they also announced later that, uh, the new album coming out, what was it? Uh, Duality. Duality would have a piano arrangement and the uh, band, yeah, the primals arrangements. So you get two versions of most all the songs on this oh. new album. Oh man, I vaguely want the sheet music for the oh yeah the piano. Oh, God, so. Yes, you know, I, I think possibly one of the MVP winners for this concert though <laughs> was Dana. I can't remember his last name. The what we, we we joked around calling the contract piano guy, because the first two times he played, I looked over to Anna and was like, "This guy got this music like yesterday," because he was definitely like he wasn't really losing his place that often, but it was almost like he was he was almost sight reading it, and, and playing it live. It still sounded really good, like he did a really good job, but it was clear this was you know he they were like, "Okay, you're doing this now," and he's like, "What?" Okay, just give it to me. I'll do what I can. And the dude did a bang-up job. Bang-up job. But the MVP was soaking. The man came out in his white ASEAN outfit. Mask. With yep. the mask and his... T- well, first, they, 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 the lights dim. And we can tell they were doing something with the, with the frickin' piano, which was this beautiful Steinways and Sun grand piano and they're doing something to it the next thing we know we see you know soaking as a white assian like he was in the previous fan fest primals concert he comes out with this tiny little piano that literally was quite brand piano sets it, it down a toy piano like the sound like, was a toy piano and which song was that that he played it was the library google yeah, library the google library piano and it was really hard to tell because he was he was playing it a really well and b very comedically, mm-hmm. like he was just hamming it up on stage. I thought it was the Amador theme, last no, day of Amador Yeah, oh, was it? Yeah, no, yeah. no, it was, he, he did play that during his set. Though. Oh yeah, no, but the first thing he did with that tiny piano was the library. Oh, you're right, you're right. And then the, so the next piece, yes. was, was, okay, yeah, was uh, was Amador. Where and that's the one where he, <laughs> yeah, we started hearing a bass sound. 
And then they finally start cutting to it, and we realize, the man just realized that when you have this pianic perfection of a piano, this Steinways is in, what do you really need to really just, just kick that shit into high gear? You need a cardboard box. Taped to the floor. <laughs> with a microphone, the with microphone the stone shoved in it. He made a kick drum and out he made of a cardboard box. Yeah, he made a kick drum out of a cardboard box for his own percussion. And it was amazing. Because, I mean, there is the like the book slamming sound in the Google Library yeah. music, yeah. so that's... And, and he was just doing it, and every time he did, he would just look at the crowd and be like, ah! You know, he was almost like a Muppet. <laughs> like, he was a little bit. <laughs> when, when he was, he was an animal. Yeah. He was <laughs> an animal. Well, he was certainly animated. Yes. <laughs> like, and it was just, you know, it was, it was both fun to listen to, fun to watch, and it really... Um, you know, it, it added something different to the whole thing, especially when you had, like, you know, Dana, Contriano guy, you know, in his very, you know, well, nice, you know, tux. And, you know, and, and, and Susan Kelly's nice black dress. You know, and then he comes out there and dresses up as an Assian. Assian, and he just kicks a drum made out of a box and a, and a, and a microphone. I'm pretty sure that's very formal Assian wear. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was just it was just something in the course they they finish it off with you know, Dragon. with Dragon Song and Thornton and it was the Thornton though we were like we had he had that to practice that crazy. yeah yeah he was he was he was he was wailing on those keys for Thornton like it was all like man that he was okay this is where his focus was and God I'm sorry more appropriate twelve bless him for it <laughs> but that was. One. That was day one, and it was a good, good day. Right, I'm going to take another break. Come back. Day two. Welcome back to this recorded live, then edited podcast in the beautiful, scenic Perry Res- uh, Hotel in, in casino. casino in Las Vegas. Oh, oh, oh we are doing Fan Fest, you Final Fantasy fourteen, Day 2, with Koji Fox. Uh, this was the time when... Finally, everyone got to discover just how amazing my hero really is. Hey, I just learned he was a person, and he's pretty awesome. He lives kind of a, uh, like, magical life. He does. He yeah. lives one of the most magical of lives. Okay, you know, day two did not start with Koji Bucks. Day two started with getting up as early for the March line tickets. That, that's true. I don't remember that part. I, well, you, you were asleep. You were asleep. You and Doug, or they were like synchronized snoring. Okay, so the solution for the merch line, because people waited seven plus hours, if they were still in line when they closed, they got red tickets. That means they went in first. People were up. People were there the day before to get in line to get time tickets the next day. We got there at six fifteen that morning. Still pretty far back in line, but again, once they organized something, it went fast. So, they were supposed to open at 10, I believe. 
is when they had really they were announcing they were going to open to give out tickets. 7.45, the line is going down the hallway and wrap back up to the beginning of the line. So they were like, all right, they open the doors. Within 10 minutes, we were down, we had our ticket, went to go get breakfast. So it, it worked out. Once they realized what they needed to do, they did it. Um, I will cover this now, later on, when we actually went in line uh, with our, our ticket. You know, it was... As quick as one could be. Way more efficient. It was way more efficient than what they had done originally. So, good job on them. But now, Koji Fox. Or Michael Christopher Koji Fox. And Koji's Ma- real name? Nice as that's a yeah, Michael name. Christopher. But his nickname is Koji Fox. And that's what everyone calls him. Um, and he's one of the main... Uh, he's a localization lead... For Final Fantasy XIV, and the man is... Man behind the lore. He's a treasure. He is the reason why we get all the puns we do in the game. You know, he, he really... Wanted and unwanted. <laughs> and he was one of the main guys that was behind the awesome, awesome lore book that I don't own yet, but I'm going to. Because it sold out. Well, and I don't think <laughs> they were really... I think they were really not expecting that. No, no. When someone told him on stage that it sold out, and he was shocked. Like, I, I think part of the reason for this panel was because... Probably to encourage. It was, to, it was, it was an ad for the lore book. Which had already sold out. Which had already it sold, sold out. It sold out during the panel. Like, it was... It no, was it sold awesome. out before the panel. The last few got, got sold then. Oh. Yeah, like, like I it was... I know some people that... That bought one right then. Well, but it was several pre made slides were go buy the lore book, but it had already sold out as it had started. Right. So when he said, when people, someone asked about Garuda, he said, it's in the lore book, and we're like, we can't get the lore book. <laughs> and so they had become very empathetic. You know, look, okay, it's going to be on sale Monday, I promise. It's going to be on sale Monday. It's going to be on sale Monday. You can buy it. It's, it's not. This was not a one-time run, but please go buy it. But he apparently worked a whole lot. I mean, it's got 304 pages. It is 2.8 pounds yes. hard cover. Yes. You can, he was like, you can fight the enemies no, off in the apocalypse. No barcode, <laughs> no Square Unix logo. Yeah, it looks it looks like a authentic mug. Tone. Yeah, it was it was really nice. Um, you know, the man is after my own heart. You know, the fonts chosen were best how about how they best looked, especially with the letter Q. That Q was on point. That Q. That, that Q was frickin' of Jupiter. Like, it was, the, if the, that, the Q that he was referring to was just the Final Fantasy fourteen font. <laughs> it was the font below that they were really working on hard. But whatever, <laughs> I noticed it. Whatever. I like fonts. Um, most... Most of the content was brand new, um, and then he, uh, and then he, after the lore stuff, you know, he started talking about things that you know he had sort of changed around, like things like before he was in the game, there were six levels of hell in in the six world of hells, and he thought that was stupid. It was clearly to be seven hells, and so he talked to the actual lore lead and convinced them that there need to be seven, and then suddenly he had to, you know. You know, change things around. Um, one of the uh, original um, 
important folks and the Pantheon was turned into two because he wanted... Uh, he just um, wanted to say falls balls. Yeah. And so he was like, he really enjoyed, um, you know, all the texts he got to do for the 3.4 Soul Surrender patch. He actually really went into um, the whole meaning of the Equilibrium song that plays when you fight Sophia. Um, he talked about how he figured out, like, the, how to do the rap music for Alexander. And it was, you know, really, really good stuff. You found out that apparently the lore team is really big fans of Undertale. Um, he mentioned that. Um, he also mentioned how it's the year of the rooster. Or who kept going cock. And year of the cock! It's my year again. He also talked about how... <laughs> why... <laughs> why... Um, Don't marry any horses. <laughs> why... Stormblood is different from the Japanese translation to Crimson Liberator. And it made a whole lot of sense. And they really he just went through everything where it was like, look, we went through all these single names. A lot of them were already copyright. We tried to add the word red to everything. We discovered red is just edited out when you do copyright. It's what all the other words are important, not red. And how they worked on this and that. And eventually they came up with Stormblood. As one word. As one word. That was really interesting to me. I didn't realize how much they had to do to come up with a title like that. Like, I mean, I in the long run, it makes sense. Like, it totally made sense, but I, it was really fascinating. You know, also how um, long names are fine for patches, but for expansions, it has to be short. And it was interesting to know that they had, you know, more or less the cool little style guides for what can be a title for this or that. So that was really neat. And then and it was it was the one panel that really it almost felt like an actual fan panel, only it was an official panel because it was full of like weird and funny slides that you normally wouldn't see out of an actual, you know, corporate I'm gonna put on a panel sort of thing. Where suddenly, you know, he was gonna make a reference to Judge Dredd, but they couldn't use an image of Judge Dredd. So he just put a sensor So bar. he put a sensor bar over it. And explained that Judge Dredd was behind it. Yeah. You know, or when they started doing the whole year of the rooster cock thing, and suddenly they're like, well, I thought if I showed you the picture of the chicken, it'd be better than me showing... Then he had a picture of the chicken with a sensor bar over it. And you know? he did explain, while it would be called, you know, year of the chicken, he said you can get away with a lot in the actual quest line. Yeah. So, <laughs> look for the word cock at some point. Yeah, yeah, for the... the for, this will be for the... the, the year stuff that you can buy in the shop. Yeah, this will be for the Heavenstern uh, event at the in, in beginning of the new year. Yeah, something about there was already an item with a similar name to... The, 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 the Red Rooster's Dead. Yeah, yeah he didn't want it to, people to think that it was with that set. So he wanted to call it the Red Cock. But then he also had a whole bunch of other things, like, you know, he took a bunch <laughs> of questions from online, where he then went to the actual Otisan, um, who was the actual lore lead, and they brought back answers that he translated. Like, he noticed things like he thought the Warrior Darknesses were just alternate versions of the Warriors of Light. And it turns out, no, they're from an alternate dimension. They actually have different classes. It's that it is a different world. It is a parallel world, so it's it's grown differently. He, he explained that's why they sound, like, the Black Mage sounded different. That's why their names are different, because the names that they have are actually names they picked when they got to this world. I thought that was kind of cool. And why their jobs are different and all that. 
Yeah, the black mages and ma- uh, mages. And mages. The bards or rangers. rangers. Still got to beat the crap out of her, though. And I was happy about that. They actually went over, like, what are some of the more literature um, things that Odasan uses to, to draw inspiration of. And he also mentioned one, one of the big things was, like, um, there's a bunch of, there's a Japanese book about monsters and legends. He was a really big fan of, actually, the Ender's Game series, and especially how it worked with the Nath. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I remember Barry was like, yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> a lot of Song of Ice and Fire for all the Game of Thrones fans. Um, someone asked a really good question, why were there no dragoons during the Nidhogg fight? <laughs> Which the answer was, uh, they jumped very high. And you, and you don't, the camera can't go that high, so you don't see that they're actually just jumping and spearing at the top of Nidhogg. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did like how, like, you know, how much, how much of, uh, how remains unexplored, and they were like, well, the most of it was found for the Alligans, but the Alligans aren't around anymore, so... Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, why hasn't been someone to take the place of one of the guys from the syndicate, thanks to the events of between 2.0 and 3.0, and they're like, well, things have been going on. That spot hasn't been filled yet. Um, they explained um, how Aura's horns work as far as hearing goes. Once again, he said, all this is explained in the lore book. That you can't buy. Until, Until Monday. Monday. Hey, by the time this podcast comes out, it will have been up for sale. So, <laughs> it yeah. possibly sold out already. You know, there were a bunch of other questions. Um, Gamerscape actually did a really good set of articles about the interview. I um, I will make sure we link it in the show notes. That way people can check out all the other answers and stuff. Because we got to move on. we got to talk about the dueling circle with the letter... <laughs> Live the live letter, letter for the producer live, which Bayone, one of their main community reps, was like, "I really wish you had you know, talk to me about that because man, is that hell on Twitter." Um, but sure, between the live letter, um, was the PvP tournament, which was interesting to see. I didn't know summoners were so good. Nice to know they are still the best class. And um, we and actually the, got to cheer on a friend of ours. Yes, yeah, Riel. And then. Um, <laughs> One of the uh, hosts for the PvP tournament was Joe Never Fails, who started as just a heckler at, I think, the first fan fest, and he's gotten, he's gained so much popularity that now, look where he's at, he's hosting the PvP tournament for a fan fest. So, right. That's pretty cool. Happen. Yep. But I think the winning team was um, Hello First Time. Hello second time. Uh, well, first time, first, first time, yeah. It was, like, I think the team was still hello first time, but the announcer was like, no, we're not going like, to get away with that. And I hear that, I think they stomped the Dillamit team at the very end. But yes, then there was the live letter where the concept of uh, the whole duel, like someone asked why the dueling ring was square. Was square, and that made Yoshida very happy that he got to mess with Koji Fox about yeah. Um, but then they also showed off some of the new uh, 3.45 stuff, like a lot of the Palace of the Dead stuff, um, apparently including um, uh, a Tactics Overboss. Uh, there is one of the levels of Hell, more or, less, more or less represented by some of the later dungeons. Uh, they've got a ranking page, and that the content's supposed to be like super duper hard. And there's one, There apparently there's one floor. There's a bench and a tree. If you get there, you have to sit on the bench and take a screenshot. I'm going to laugh if it's Keanu Reeves that sits next to you on the That's bench. That's what I'm looking for <laughs> saying. But 
But like even like even like you know, all they were like, you need to do this when you get if you if you get there, not when, but if you get there. Oh, we're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was there any other um, live letter things that people were like? The dueling stars were really reminded me, but in the Paisa House. Uh, oh, we're getting uh, the All Saints Wake starts the nineteenth. Um, the theme this year is vampire, and we we only get a chess piece, but it's really and that way they want they, they want to, it to be able to have a personalize it right. With, so with our glamour queen, that's already in the game. Our glamour queen will be the one to to. I'll figure something out. Figure out something <laughs> that. But they also uh, showed us a new flying mount. We're getting a chair, a very yeah. noble library chair. Which kind of remind me of the chair that I think they use for like the owl and yeah. the Gubu library hard. Uh, they also showed um, for the Starlight Festival that Christmas, um, one of the art, official art that was released last year was an outfit, but it wasn't implemented in the game. This year it will be implemented in the game. It's like the Santa dress looking. But yeah, they also mentioned the, the Pisces house and all the various sizes and someone asked if they can ever... Um, be able to start saving like more or less gear sets for their house. It was more or less covered at look to make housing work. You only get one save slot, and we're so busy trying to make this new residential area, we don't have time to focus on trying to make that happen. But we'll look into it, and then, then we finished off the night, and of course the most glorious fashion with the primals. That was the best concert they, ever. It started on time. <laughs> it did. It started on time. That doesn't happen at cons. It doesn't happen at concerts. <laughs> like, it was, you know, they, they they straight up just, they started sitting everybody out, they did their sound tests, all within their 90 minutes, and they started at 7 o'clock of the dot, they started walking on stage. I, that was a thing to be believed. And this was the time where Barry truly understood the magic life of Koji Fox. Because he comes out and sings the Ravana theme. Like, the dude's got his pedal voice modulation boxes, so he can do any any band of octaves of song he needs to. On his voice. Perfect, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was an amazing concert. Yeah. And again, they would show, like, video from the games, like especially with the primals and any dungeons, they would show pretty much the cutscene you see. The intro. When, yeah, when it starts. And the biggest, uh, the song that got the biggest cheer, I think may have been so Leviathan. Well, no, Sephiroth did, but Leviathan got a huge one. Yeah, well, well, I think Leviathan was the song where everyone stood up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where suddenly everyone's like, we gotta run around and dance. The the only other song that, that really got a, a huge reaction, especially the one that's being still talked about, is during the Titan song. Fuck you, Titan! Soken just shouts that, and that's what I say every time I fight Titan. Like, if you could still... They they, they pulled one out, they pulled one out, like, on us, too. Like, they, uh, he he asked for, like, they played a couple of songs, but then they asked us which one they wanted us to play again. You know, like, asking us which encore we wanted. She and we're, if everyone either Shiva or Brute Justice, and he was like, which were two songs they had not played. <clears throat> yeah, right. Like they did not play and so, many songs, uh, and, and so everybody started insisting for these two songs that were not played. And then Sokin, and then Sokin's like, "What you already heard?" He even pulled out the set list. <laughs> no, she, no Shiva, no Shiva. 
But then, the, and so they played Seth Roddy. They he finally got Seth Roddy out of this. Yeah. Yeah. And then they surprised us by playing uh, metal from Alexander. the first stage of Alexander, and it was good. And it was, it was so Koji good. came out there and started rapping it. All right, we're gonna take another break, and we'll come back with final thoughts. Kevin, how was FanFest? I don't know, Basil. How was FanFest? How, how was it, Kevin? It's final thoughts. I need your final thoughts on FanFest. I um, I think it was amazing. And, what was uh, your favorite part? Um, random wild Yoshi peas wandering the convention. That's uh, at least what I got from the pictures. <laughs> all, right, all right, fine, Kevin. We know you weren't there at the FanFest. How has been the latest patch? I don't know. I've been playing. God, Kevin, what's your problem? Why are you such a bad 14 player, Kevin? I know, right? This is why we can't be a Final Fantasy 14 podcast, Kevin. This is why. I'm on sabbatical from 14. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) All right, Kevin. Any questions for us who do play Final Fantasy 14? Do you have any questions about FanFest? No. (laughs) <laughs> not a special uh, would you go again if there's another one in a couple of years would you yes and we're taking you so we don't have this problem again it's not so, so <laughs> awkward anymore you had fun it was was it, it was cool it was cool it was, it was really good. cool a lot of fun well it was really cool um, FanFest did have a major a few major problems kind of proving the point that uh, Square Enix doesn't I don't know if it's Square Enix or if it's just the Final Fantasy XIV. doesn't quite realize how big they actually are. Right. But they definitely don't. And so a <laughs> lot of these uh, problems were centered around just not being prepared for the size of crowd yeah. that they Oof. got. That merch. I, I would hope that next time it's somewhere in driving range, because I don't really want to fly. But honestly, if I'm depending, if it's falling about the same time of year... Might have skipped AWA to go to FanFest. Yeah. We were talking about it. If we went to Chicago, we could drive to Chicago. We could drive to Chicago. We could drive to Atlanta. We could probably drive to Florida. Man, I, I really hope it's not in San Fran- It's not in Vegas again next time. Because I got in. I got Vegas. I I got injured from Vegas's very very dry air. Yeah, it was, oh, it was like, so dry. I didn't realize what a swamp dweller I am, but I am <laughs> evidently a swamp dweller. Well, I don't know if we're swamp dwellers. We're probably swamp dwellers. I am used to the air being from Louisiana or Florida. <laughs> yeah, that, that we are, that we are. Like, but it is definitely more human here than I would say Nevada, and I didn't even go. I know that much. But, <laughs> like, I can't understate, like, how how nice it was getting back into the warm, wet embrace of the humid Alabama hair, air. Well, I don't know about the, the warm, but the wet, like. Uh, well, then again, I came out de- decently, you know, sickness free. It, it struck down everybody else we know, but. Yeah, uh, 
Like, it seems like just about everybody who attended the Leviathan server meetup got got killed with the sick. Yeah. But no, FanFest was fun. FanFest was good. Um, I know, talking to Kira, his favorite thing was the keynote. Um, Cass's big thing, she met some some guy from Breaking Limits Radio. She met Escalia from Women Break Radio. I did too, and it was both very exciting for us. I know you you have your opinions on them. I do have opinions. Opinions. Phoenix opinions? I have Phoenix. No, Phoenix. I need to meet a guy from, from, from a Phoenix Down radio. There's a lot of people with the last name Radio <laughs> who go to this thing. Like, There's a lot of Radio this, Radio that. Not a lot of casting anymore. We're, we're the old guard. Yeah. Damn millennials and their radio. I know, right? Ignore that I own awesomeinternetradio.com, but. <laughs> which I think just redirects the awesome cast. <laughs> So, Kevin, what are you looking forward to in Stormblood? Um, you know, do, you even remember, do you even know what's going on? I didn't even I haven't watched the trailer. You haven't watched it? Kevin, what have you been doing with your life? I don't know. Watching internet series about lesbian vampires. That sounds pretty Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> it ended. It was awesome. But they're going to get a movie. I've already bought it, even though it's not come out until sometime next year. All right, fine, whatever. I'll wait with you, but stay there. <laughs> All right, Doug, what do you want out of Stormblood? Uh, well, I obviously want more housing items because I always want more housing items. Right, right. Uh, I want to see. I want Red Mage. Mm-hmm. I want Red Mage. Mm-hmm. I would really actually like a new class. Um, funnily enough, I'm actually in favor of adding the the Vera and slash or the Bunny Girl. The bunny girl race, because while I like being a Makode, I'm getting a little bit. I would like to have an alternative that has cute ears naturally and a tail, but mm. is it necessarily like full on furry? <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, so that's kind of what I would like. I would probably also be happy with something like really out there, like the Gunga or something. Mm-hmm. But you know, just just another playable race. Yeah. Uh, it made so much money for Square Enix last time, I have a hard time understanding why they wouldn't, but at the same time, it does cost resources. And that was the one thing they did not talk about like at all, yeah, not they even hinting. they didn't mention it whatsoever. And no question brought it up. Mm-hmm. Like, they had no reason to talk about it, but there's two more fan fests, mm. Tokyo and Germany. Kevin, what are your opinions? On Doug's thoughts. I am uh, would totally be up for some bunny girls. Well, but mostly I want to see, uh, mostly I want to see the story. I want to, I want to see the liberation of Alamigo. Spoilers, Kevin, we're going to Alamigo. <laughs> yeah, spoiler, we're going to Alamigo. So I'd like to see the liberation of it. Uh, they did talk about how, you know, it's been, tw- it's, they've been occupied for 20 years there's an entire generation of people living in Alamigo who don't know anything but Garly and Rule and might not necessarily want yeah. to be liberated. Yeah, that goes to my secret wish for a class would be some kind of Magitech Knight. Like, something like the, like, armored Imperial badasses who've been kind of bosses mm-hmm. when the Imperial A lot of involved. people push it for that, actually. Like, something along those lines. You know, admittedly, I'm sure you won't be that awesome until you're, like, seriously leveled up, but, you know. 
as long as summoners are still the best class in the in Eorzea, I'll be fine <laughs> with whatever Stormblood oh. brings. Well, I... and based off what happened in the last patch, who knows what might happen, Kevin? Who needs to play the last patch? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someday, sometime. I uh, I don't know. I just I'm a, I'm a little bit of a hiatus, like I said. I, I don't think I'm done with it. I'm just need a little cool down time. Well, you need it. You need to finish it up because yeah, pretty soon we'll be knee deep in a whole other Final Fantasy. You know that is true. And a matter of uh, God, le- almost Not less than a month. Long. Yeah, almost a month. Because it's the 29th. Yeah, Final Sadly, Fantasy Fifteen, that may or may not be good. We can hope it's good, but this is about Final Fantasy Fourteen. Yeah, again, we literally yeah. just one of our last recently released episodes is still Heaven's Ward, and that's why I refuse to play the game. So this will not turn into a Final Fantasy Fourteen podcast exclusively. <laughs> um. Until we record a show about something about Final Fantasy. We did. <laughs> we haven't released it yet. So, this one's probably coming out first. And then we'll release things we've already recorded before this. And then we'll be back to correct timeline episodes. Yeah, it's basically Maybe. warped Ish. and time is malleable. We'll see. It's fun. At awesomecast.com. You can email us at awesomecast at gmail.com. O-S-M-C-A-S-T dot com. Or like I said, I guess you can go to um, awesomeinternetradio.com because I have that. It might link to us. I'm pretty sure it redirects. I think I got bored one day and just set a redirect. Um, Yeah. I guess until next time, Kevin, be less useless. Okay, but, you know, this goes up. Can it be Final Fantasy Fan Fest featuring Twitless Kevin like I've got the rapper guest lyric? Maybe. Or I think I'll just leave you as a surprise. Okay. Maybe I'll, maybe we'll tag it in the show notes if we've surprised special guest. <laughs> how, how do you feel about that? Does that okay. feel good? Yeah, you're thinking you're going to get Soken or Yoshi P, but it was I, Kevin. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Kevin A. <laughs> All right, folks, we'll see you next time.